Rocking all week with you, a Happy Days Podcast, Season 4, Episode 11. I am Dan, your host. Welcome. Almost done, almost done with Season 4, the number one season for Happy Days. Uh, the number one season for Happy Days, well, I, I I don't know if I'd call it, getting near the end of it, I don't know if I'd call this the best season so far, but it was certainly, yeah, ratings-wise, um, right up there with uh, this season and the next season is, is the most popular that they, they did. In this episode with the penultimate one of this season, we are talking Fonz Howe, Inc., and Spunky Come Home. First, let's go to March 8th, 1977. Joe Glauberg written, Jerry Paris directed, Fonz Howe, Inc. We learn that uh, Howard always wanted to be an inventor, and he wants to invent a sort of compartment container thing that will crush garbage so you don't have to take out, you know, so you don't have to take out the garbage like 15 times a week. He's, you know, out to the... Um, out to the trash cans you would you would put them in this thing the gulper the garbage gulper and it would uh, crush the garbage into like a small um like you know when they crush a car you know and they make it into a big square it would just keep crushing the garbage down until you know you, you took it out i don't know how many days you do that for but you'd presumably accumulate garbage at the end of the day put it in there crush it next day crush it crush it and then when it was full you you take it out rather than taking it out every single day or even a couple times a day um, he gets the Fonz to help him because um, uh, they need to use hydraulics within it, and the Fonz is the expert on the hydraulics. And so, yeah, they they working on it, and they're going to see a bunch of like patent lawyers, I guess, to um, pitch them the idea, and they may become famous, the inventors of the garbage gulper. Does it happen? Eh, you 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 make the call on that. <laughs> episode begins i think in a kind of interesting manner where you see arnold's and you basically this one long shot we see arnold's you see the kids coming in and out of there then you see the fonz leaving and he gets a kiss from one of the ladies you know one of the the car hop ladies he uh, slowly gets on his bike you know turns on the light you know hops off the kickstand or whatever the heck it is you call it on a bike and gets the bike started and kind of goes on his way you know, and then he has the Cunningham's house where they're all Mr. C's making them all cover their um cover their eyes up and Fonzie shows him he has to cover his eyes and then and Mr. C reveals a big bag of garbage. And I, I I do like when when you initially when you initially see Joni, Mr. C and and Richie covering their eyes, they're all laughing. <laughs> you know. And when Jody speaks she sounds a little more serious, but they're all laughing and having a good time. And Mr. C is yeah, unveiling his well not his invention, but his idea for the invention and his plan for the invention and the Fonz gets involved. Actually he gets involved because Richie throws a golly gee his way. That's what gets him him 
working. That's what gets them working together. It's well, it's the golly G, and then um, Mr. C kind of hounds Fonzie throughout the episode. When the, the Fonzie's on a date, Mr. C is trying to get him to help some fix something. And um and the Fonz the Fonz is in at the end of the day because the corporation is going to be called Fonz How Inc. And he could see Fonz How Inc. on like a blimp, and so he's going to help out. Um, first off, as always, I just want to say when you see the living room slash dining room area in the Cunningham house, why uh why is the ceiling so dark? Why 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 why? I mean, you wouldn't think the ceiling would be so dark because we can see some lamps and lights and things up against the wall. We don't see any um, fixtures in the ceiling. I know I've said this before, but I just it just strikes me as strange that, like, why is it so dark up there? It shouldn't be dark up there because, like, as they walk through the living room, everything's light. Then why in the corners is everything so dark? That's not the way, that's not the way this stuff works. Sorry. Um, I know I've done that, like, eight times. Anyway... How is the episode? Well, the episode's okay. I mean, they, they really seem to be um, kind of just like trip hammering through like the uh, like sitcom ideas. I mean, like like next week, yeah, will be you know Fonz gets a dog. You know, this week is you know two characters decide to start a business together, and it's weird because um, the uh, there's it's a weird episode because there's there no one learns a lesson in it, and Every time you see the garbage gulper in action, it screws up. The first time they try it, it screws up. The second time they try it, the night before they're taking it to the lawyers, it screws up. Then when they show it to the lawyers, it screws up. So there's never a point in it where it works. It's always just like this. And you know, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't quite expect that. Um, you would expect there'd be a moment when it would work wouldn't you i mean wouldn't you have it be like okay it works everything's great no but it's always like it's not working this isn't working oh now this isn't working you know it 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 sprays um food across arnold's it just makes some weird weird noises in the middle of the night you know and and then of course it screws up when they show it to the lawyers and it's just it's 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 a it's a weird episode because like i said there are no lessons learned and Mr. and Mrs. C have a Mr. Mr. C. I'm sorry, Mr. C. and um and Fonzie have a good time ish, working together when when Fonzie isn't being driven up the wall by Mr. C. Um, Jody doesn't do much. She does mention that Jenny Piccolo invented a see-through nighty, to which Mrs. C says, "I believe that was a man named Frederick in Hollywood." <laughs> and Richie spends most of his time either playing what looks like a baritone saxophone, or um making jokes that crack him up. And um, and there's there's several sequences where their band is is playing in practicing in Arnold's. I don't know why they practice, like right in the center of Arnold's. Like, uh, I I I know you know Arnold's Al's a nice guy, but it's just so weird to see like like, you know, on one booth one booth is you know the three guys sitting there with their instruments playing a sort of Bo Diddley as kind of song, and then. Well, no, that's not really Bo Diddley. He, Ralph mentions Bo Diddley. That's sort of a um, kind of a swampy, guitar-y kind of doom, 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 almost more Tom Waitsy kind of thing. Um, but they're they're at one booth doing that, and then at another booth, the Fonz and Mister C are looking at the this, the gulper, the garbage gulper. It's like it's it's so it, it's so weird when they they realize like 
when we used to be in Arnold's, it used to be because they were going to get something to eat and they were hanging out. But now whenever we're in Arnold's, it's like they're meeting someone there in the middle of the night. They're practicing for their band. They're doing something completely. They're meeting in, in Fonzie's office. Uh, it's really um, it's really kind of interesting the way Arnold's... How does he stay in business? I don't know. But, but, but it's like Arnold's... It's almost like yeah, they they like they had the standing set of Arnold's, and then the show kind of changed. It became more ensemble and and more regular sitcom style. I don't know. It just it just seems it just seems a little weird to me the way they use Arnold's in this in this show. That could just be me. I did see a guy for the third time now. One one of the guys sitting at the table that they put the garbage go up around. The guy on the right is also the guy who thinks who I think um, during the episode the physical he comes in with the wrong letter on like letter C instead of letter B, and he's also the guy who plays the piano when Potsy sings in the graduation part two so he's a guy they're getting a lot of mileage out of and he looks very familiar I wonder if he's had a speaking part and I've just forgotten but um yeah he graduated with them and and, and Richie does wear his um his Jefferson jacket or, or sweater or whatever quite a bit in this episode um I know why not you know if I don't know what time of year this is meant to be I, I honestly have no idea um it's not it's not cold out when you see all the all the kids and everything going into Arnold's and 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 Fonzie come out to his motorcycle, it's certainly not cold out. So I don't know. Maybe this is summertime. Did they say anything saying what time of the year it was? No, they did not. Not that I can remember, at least. I do like watching during the scene where Mr. C has the gulper in Arnold's and uh, Fonzie's dancing with the gal. Now, why do they why do they put the gulper down on a table? in a booth that has two guys in it when the table next to them is empty i mean i know there's comedy about a garbage and they get sick of it and they walk out but why would you do that that just seems weird to me um uh anyway um i well yeah watch uh watch uh watch ralph as mr c comes in richie doesn't seem terribly interested that his dad is there with the gulper but but ralph looks really like what the hell is going on what the hell is the gulper and what's mr c doing in here mr c and mr c come in here a lot lately anyway what's going on else is going on in this episode um yeah they do they do meet up with the lawyers and the, the um the gulper doesn't go well, but they end up. They like the hydraulic system they put in the in the in the thing, so they they give them three hundred dollars for that. And there's a patent pending with their name on it. It's it's interesting. I mean, they make a big deal about in the beginning and the end about the hydraulic system, but then you never like see anything. You just see the outside of the gulper, which has like some levers and but well, it looks like a smoke alarm or something on one side of it. I don't know, but it's it's so weird because you don't see inside the gulper, so you never get any real concept of what it is exactly what um what is in there um you can obviously put a lot of stuff in there because when you see them at the at the patent at the lawyer's place they throw a lot of garbage into there so you can obviously do that but i'm not, I'm not sure how it works or, or it's 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 strange because there's no lesson to be learned and and mr mr c and the fonts come out of it with 300 bucks but but really nothing else and this will never get mentioned again and i don't know if we'll ever hear that mr c wanted to be an inventor again and but but it, yeah but it, it ends up being kind of a weird episode because the it's like you you feel like maybe mr c and the fonts are going to um something's going to happen there but it 
really doesn't. And then you think something might the something might happen interesting with the invention, but it kind of really doesn't. But the episode does move quickly, and they're kind of at the with the lawyer before you know it. And yeah, and there are some laughs in there. So I mean, overall, it's it's a fine episode. There's a, there's really not much to say about that. That's the thing is we're getting down to the end of the season, and the show now really is like 100% sitcom. There, there's a little bit less to say about this because as as I said, I. The the Fonz How Inc. is never going to come up again. As I said, Mr. C is probably I don't believe he mentions he's going to be an inventor again. You know, Mr. You know the Fonz and I mean this this is another thing that sort of solidifies Mr. C and the Fonz's relationship, which is always a good thing. I mean that's again in previous episodes in this season I've said that with episodes like this that are kind of low, low not low maintenance, low tech. What am I looking for? Low stakes. Um, where it's just comedy bits and and wacky, and then it's over. Your your takeaway because this is sort of episode you know you'd watch on a Tuesday night. Then Laverne and Shirley would be on, and then whatever else was on after it, and then you'd forget about it, you know. And 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 it would be one of those things. Maybe if you saw in a rerun in like a year or two, you go, oh that episode. But this isn't a particularly memorable episode of the show. It's okay. It's it's just another episode. They're churning out the episodes, and this is just another episode. Is it fun? Yeah. What it 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 might actually work better if you were like, um, sort of binging the series and like doing like season four, like sitting down and watching like five or six episodes in a row or something. It might um, it it might work a little better than as a standalone because as a standalone it's pretty insubstantial. Um, but 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 crowded in, yeah, and might be uh, might be something stronger. I don't know. But but at the end of the day, your takeaway from this is that this just sort of strengthens the relationship between Mr. C and the Fonz. They they went out, they tried something, they made three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks in um, you know, nineteen fifty nine is um, I don't know, it's probably a couple thousand. I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to check check for certain. But uh, but that's you know that that ain't bad for whatever it is they're doing with that box. I mean the the hydraulics that are implied. I mean because the way they describe it is like yeah, it's like when you crush a car into a cube. And when you see the gulper, you think, so there's some sort of mini hydraulics in there that will crush garbage into, like, a cube? Uh, it looks like they just... It, look, it looks like literally between the scene when Mr. C says, here are the plans, and then five minutes later when he shows up with a gulper, it looks like the prop department built it in that time. It, it looks like it looks like some sort of prop box that they just wrote the gulper on the front of. And and the... the, 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 the Whoever it was who wrote the gulper on there, I, I, I looked at that a bit and I thought, is the guy who did all the um, signs for Petticoat Junction and Green Acres. Is he now in Milwaukee? Because that, the sort of the, the, the style, I don't it's not a font, it's just the, the, the writing the, of, of the, the word, the gulper, that looks very familiar. And of course, if you know, um, in, in Petticoat Junction, it said that all those signs, you know, that you, you see, like Mr. Mr. Haney has, you see throughout Petticoat Junction, that have very distinctive lettering, um, that, that is said in Petticoat Junction, that's said to be Uncle Joe who does that. So um, so maybe it's Uncle Joe. Maybe Uncle Joe is now um, lettering stuff for, I, I don't know, uh, you know, Petty, uh, Hooterville was said to be somewhere in the Midwest, maybe near Chicago. So um, it, it, could, it could be something where, like, you know, they just, um, you know, you want your best letterer around? Uncle Joe Carson. If this is said in 1959, then Uncle Joe would be three or four years younger than we saw him at the beginning of Petticoat Junction. There you go, and I'm stopping that tangent there. I mean, I like the gulper. It's fun. It's got, like, um... It's it's got like one side it's got like a lever, the other side's got like a smoke alarm. One side it, it looks like it has like a like a timer or like um 
almost like a safe, you know, like a like um, you know, the on the safe, you know, the the uh, the dial on the safe, almost like I want literally like they just slap some things on the side. It's funny because there's like a lever on the side of it that you think they turn, but they don't. They pretend to push a button on the front of it that we can't see. But it, it does look like a big box that like would have been on the set somewhere that they just at the last minute sort of reconfigured and uh it's too bad it just doesn't work i'm surprised they didn't show it working before they took it to the patent lawyer like i said before it's weird that you would have an invention and we're going to see the patent lawyer and every time we've seen it work if we've seen it used it doesn't work so then when they take it to the patent uh lawyers it doesn't work Maybe we should have seen it work. I don't know. Anyway, let me. I'm gonna wrap this one up because, like I said, it's 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 an insubstantial but enjoyable episode when you're watching it. Um, I had to write a lot of notes down here to try to keep myself um, exactamundo. Oh yeah, Mr. C says exactamundo to um, uh, to uh, uh, the Fonz, which is cool. Golly gee, yeah. Uh, Clarence, I'm going to ride in the blimp. That was a great Al line. He gets so excited when he finds out they're going to have a blimp. Oh, and the last thing, and then we'll go on to Spunky Come Home. Um, I felt like there was a missing joke in there where um, they need to sort of push down the garbage. It's kind of overloading in the gulper. And um, and and uh, where they're showing it to the lawyers, and the font says to the lawyers, hey, do you guys have a broom around? Oh, this will work. And he grabs like the head lawyer's cane, like walking stick which has like a silver t- top on it, like a, like a knob on the top, silver. Um, and he begins to grind that in there, and eventually the, the it be... It's, it's, it's weird because it's, it's meant to be crushing and compacting the garbage, but when he puts the cane in there, it's like he's putting the cane in like a garbage disposal, and it's just cutting it up and cutting it up and cutting it up, you know? I, th- I thought it was supposed to smoosh everything and make it smaller rather than, like, sawing it up, grinding it up to pieces or whatever. So that's a little weird that it does that. And maybe it doesn't work really well if that's what it's doing. It's not supposed to be grinding it up, sawing it up, making it into a, a you know, paste or sawdust. It's supposed to be crushing it. So I'm not sure why it does what it does to the cane, but he leaves the silver tip on the end. And I was ho- and it's like this big silver, like like, piece on the end of it. And I was hoping... Um, when he showed it to the, when he handed it back to the guy, he said, you know, hey, if you ever run into Lon Chaney, you just let him get a little closer to you before you hit him. You know, or something like that, something werewolf-related. You know, you can still kill werewolves with it, you just gotta let him get a little closer to you. You know what I mean. So, that's, I do, I do like the sort of fake presentation that they whip up. Although that's a little weird, too, because, it, like, in the middle of the night, when the, the machine fails for the second time... Someone says, you know, like, well, when you when you go in there to show the lawyers, you gotta have a um, you gotta have a presentation, and then you think you're gonna see just in the same way that you think you're gonna see the, the gulper being put together. You think you're going to see some pre- presentation being prepared, and you don't see either of these things. So, like, when the gulper's working, or we've never seen it work, we've only seen it not work. And when they do this little presentation, it's like, where'd this come from? But it's still amusing, and it's just, it's a weird episode. I'm wondering if it was like five or ten minutes longer, and they trimmed some bits out that were kind of important, um, that they thought maybe we didn't need. I don't know. Anyway, let me hop ahead then. We're gonna hop ahead. That's, that's, that's Fonz How Inc. And we're gonna hop ahead now to Spunky Come Home, March 15th, 1977. Uh, let's see, who, I will have the writers for you. I believe Fred Fox Jr., 
and oh heck, I'll have them for you in a moment. But of course, directed by Jerry Paris as always. And this one, uh, the Fonz gets a dog named Spunky. Then Spunky goes missing, and they tear up Milwaukee looking for it. Let me play you this. Give me that thing out of there. He ain't no more hound dog. When you grind all time. He ain't no more hound dog. When you grind all time. <laughs> you ain't never took a rabbit and you ain't no rim. What is it? You automatically think of Andre Castellanos, and this type of music has become a point of view, right? Today it's a whole different time. The music and a whole different kind of concept. This one is written by uh, Arthur Silver Fred Fox Jr. It's a silver fox. It's probably one of the funniest episodes of the season, I would say, with the um, the sequence with uh, the Fonz and his sketch of Spunky after Spunky gets lost that he's shown to people, and then the the, the uh, police artist sketch of Spunky are probably two of the. Um, biggest laughs i would say the season in fact when you when you see the fonz's sketch of spunky it's funny and then it's still funny the when you see it several times after that people joke about it and then the image of actually it looks like it's taken from the mephisto waltz had that been made yet the, the image of uh the 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 sketch artist's drawing of spunky is extremely funny uh, the episode begins with uh, Joni and, and Mrs. C in the hula hoop. This is 59, again, when the hula hoop craze was... I, I've said that before about the hula hoops on here, but yeah, 59 would be uh, hula hoop time, and, and Joni's still doing the hula hoop. I mean, I, I applaud her. I've done a uh, hula hoop on occasion, and I can see maybe like doing it like with a crowd of people, you know, but, but once you've sort of mastered it, just sort of like hula hooping on your own, I don't know, seems unchristian. I'm kidding. But they, they, are, they are hula hooping away. Um... Yeah, it's, it's a pretty fun episode. Everyone gets a little something to do. Um, the Wilbur character who shows up in the end, luckily that doesn't go wrong. But basically, the, 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 what happens is um, uh, uh, they're building a little little fence in the backyard for, um, for Spunky, and uh, Ralph leaves the gate open, and Spunky gets out. And so, But they, they won't tell the Fonz that uh, they did that. They say he was stolen, or she was stolen. And it, sometimes it's he, sometimes she. I'm just going to say she, although Spunky... Spunky, I don't know. Spunky, come home. Yeah, I know that's is the. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything untoward about the title. Although when I told my wife the title, her immediate response was something untoward um, uh, and, and amusing. So, uh, regardless of that, um, yeah, it's it's a funny episode all the way around for Mister C uh, discovering Spunky like. Um, in the, is, is Spunky in the garage? I, I forget what he says. Um, for some reason, Spunky, yeah, Spunky's in the garage. I don't know. Like, the fans really love Spunky, and I know Spunky will return in at least one more episode. But there is something about, like, he's he got the dog, and then he put the dog in the garage, knowing that Mr. C was coming back that evening and would open up the garage door. Now, he does put his bike to, to sort of block the garage, but... Um, he doesn't tell Mr. C's been gone for two days at a porcelain convention you know he doesn't tell he doesn't know what's going on so he doesn't know about the dog but there's some funny stuff with uh, he thinks there's a wolf there they own it the Cunningham's own a shotgun um, you see Spunky Spunky's little box terrier adorable and uh, Mr. C it's, there's an interesting scene too where Mr. C um, is like just uh, he's like Fonz is a real Spunky's a real sweet dog um, but she's gonna have to go we can't we can't have her here and he says it kind of like, for no reason, even Mrs. C gives him a look like, Howard? 
And then and then after everyone's like, please. And he looks into Spunky's eyes. It was please. And he goes, okay, you can keep the dog. And I was like, oh, Dad, you're the best. Oh, Howard. Oh, Mr. C. Oh, you're the best. And it's funny because it almost, it almost feels like just like Mr. C trying to take some sort of patriarchal control of a situation that he has no control over you know he came home he thought there was a wolf in the garage it was a tiny terrier you know his um his uh his his border who he was in business with in the last episode and you know they're they're in this one they they have this you know a couple scenes in here together it's it, it, it almost feels like because when he says uh spunky can't stay you know that he's that's going to get turned around in like 30 seconds so it's almost like he's just um even the way he sort of says it is like even he knows that he's going to back down in about 30 seconds but he just wants to remind everyone that he is the man of the house and he's the king of this castle even though he folds in like 30 seconds i thought it was amusing to to, to see that because clearly clearly you know he just likes that moment where he's like i've said it and now we're all gonna have to abide by it do we have to no Whew. Uh, let's see, Ralph and Patsy have some funny moments. There's a weird scene in the kitchen. I guess I don't understand the layout of their house at all because I always thought, the, like I've said before, I always thought the, the sort of the line where the camera is in the living room and when you, when you go from the kitchen to the living room, you know, you, you go through the doorway there. You don't go around the counter, even though obviously there's space there, but, you know, it's a set. But in this episode, you clearly see, like, when everyone's in the kitchen, for some reason... Jerry Parrish shoots it from the living room. And so you can see the end of the counter set, and you can clearly see that there's space there. And you can see the other, the far wall, and you can see that there's a stove there, and like the spot where you thought, I thought there was a wall, there isn't. There's still, there's stuff. There's a stove, and there's, looks like there's more stuff. But the counter ends. So it looks like the, the kitchen, interior of the kitchen on one wall, I know it's called the north wall, you know, extends like six to ten feet or something beyond the south wall. And that doesn't make any sense. Why don't people walk around that counter then? Because because clearly, I mean, we, we've had moments where we've been in the living room and I thought we were at the wall and then suddenly there's like a chair or a space beyond the fireplace. So if that space can be used and the counter ends there, why don't people just walk in on both sides? Why do they only walk in on the one side? I don't understand. I mean, you would think it's because there's a wall there, but there clearly isn't in this episode. It's a little strange. It's like that. that, that yeah, I think I've said on here before. Like in one of the, like maybe the second season of Petticoat Junction. I think they're they're in that big like tub sink that they have in the kitchen of the of the shady rest which is like up against the front of the the set you know it's like the camera is like looking over the sink you know that's supposed to be like where the wall is but then there's one episode where there's like four or five feet of space in between where the camera is and like the and the the front like or the back the back of the sink i guess where the wall should be it's like what's going on there and then like a a few episodes later you see that space being used but it's like wasn't that a wall there what's going on so yeah this is um i have no idea why jerry paris shoots this kitchen scene all from the i mean it's very much everyone's kind of stands in a line kind of thing it's it's like i think there's like one camera that looks like it's in the kitchen area and all the rest of the stuff is in the um in the living room area and i don't know why he shoots it like that i mean it's fine yeah and especially like like, look at like when the Fonz walks in look at i mean that's the edge of the counter and if you match up the, there's there's a cupboard, there's a stove, there is so much space beyond the edge of that counter. Why don't they walk around that counter? I'm sorry, that's driving me a little nuts. Why that's happening? Sorry, I don't. I I'm never gonna get this house. What what? Look, I mean, look at it. Sorry, 
Sorry, where am I? Where am I right now? I am, um, it's approximately eight minutes and 30 seconds into the episode. Go to it and just look at the shots, you know, with the Fonz there when he hears that Spunky's maybe been stolen and such. And yeah, so anyways, as I said, overall, it's, it's quite a good episode. The, uh, the most of the second half takes place inside Arnold's for whatever reason. Um, and, and there's, there's a great moment with, um, uh, where where Joni calls the FBI for some reason she calls the FBI from Arnold's and says you know they won't put a, all points of bulletin out in a dog, and there's a great moment you you you, you, can, you can only see it if you look really close but um um you know when when Joni leaves the fawn she says you know I'm you know I'm gonna go out I'm still looking for him and immediately uh, after she steps away from him, she's got a megaphone and she starts yelling come out and out Spunky I know you're there and it's a hilarious moment another hilarious moment in the episode and the great thing about it is that um, when she pulls out the megaphone it's it's almost a bit of a where'd that come from but then when you watch it a second time you see the megaphone on her side from the longer shot and then goes in the close up and you can't see the megaphone so if you're, if you're looking when the shot begins if you look at the if, if your eye is drawn to Joni and her you know, her top half on the phone or over to the fawns, you'll miss the megaphone, which is around her waist. But if you see the second time, you already know, you already looked at one spot, you look at another spot, you see the megaphone. It's fun. You know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, that's, there's, it's, it's, it's a fun episode. It's, Spunky's a fun dog. Uh, the, um, some good laughs throughout. Uh, I like, I like the bit of urgency with the, where did Spunky go? Uh, the Wilbur character is the, um, is the person who stole the dog. I put in quotes because obviously he didn't steal the dog from, from what I could see. Yeah. Um, Spunky was let, let loose and just wandered around and Wilbur saw Spunky and took Spunky for a walk and then, um, was, um, arrested for it. And, um, that's how it just occurred to me that in the opening scene, at least once in, I think in the opening scene, when Mr. C meets Spunky and they say Spunky can stay, like Mr. C, I think like the Fonz opens the door and Spunky goes out the door and the Fonz keeps talking to everyone. So it's like Spunky leaves. And my first thought when Spunky left was, Oh, Spunky's a well-trained dog, just staying in that area, not wandering away. But then when Ralph left the door open, Spunky wandered away. I'm wondering why that was. Because I guess without the Fonz not there, Spunky wandered away. It just seems a little, it seemed a little weird to me that they very specifically show the dog wander out of the house by herself early on, but then a few minutes later, when a gate is left open and she's left to wander by herself, she gets lost. Uh, anyway, uh, Wilbur is the is the boy who finds Spunky, and everything's fine in the end. The tricky thing with the boy is that when he shows up, he is black. He's an African American uh, kid, maybe thirteen, fourteen. He's on the he's on the wisecracking side. He calls Fonzie Clyde. He's ready to fight if he needs to be. He's confused about why he was arrested. He found a dog and walked the dog, so he's confused as to why he was arrested. And um, he it's it's great. He and Richie actually have a really nice scene together where Richie's just trying to talk to him and get him to laugh and then finally sort of breaks down and they become friends. And then He's eating the Fonz's um, uh, uh, French fries, and and it, it turns out to be good. Too. I mean, the only thing is, you, you sort of like, I, I hate to say it, but there, there. I mean, this is a show set in the late fifties in suburban Midwest America, so it's very, very white. And the few times we've had non-white people on here, they've been like Arnold, who is kind of crazy, um, and uh, Mr. C's friend from. Uh, from the army in the first season or um was it sticks 
from the last season. I think that was his name. And every time they bring on a character that isn't white, they do make a point of, you know, saying, like, how strange it is to have a character that's not white on the show. And that sort of happens here. But there is sort of something slightly worrisome, too. I mean, the cop is a very nice cop when he brings the kid in. But you also, like, with, with you know, history being as it is, you, I'm very happy that when the officer brings Wilbur in, no one has been... Um, you know, handcuffed, no one's being dragged in, no one's being hurt. He just walks in with the kid, Fonzie and Richie chat with him for about five or six minutes, and then they all go out together, drop any possible charges, and they all leave together. So there's never a um, a moment where you start to worry for Wilbur's safety in the hands of this white cop in this white neighborhood. You know, walking, uh, I mean, I mean, you can you can metaphor it if you want. You know, what is you know who who who's the you know who's the Fonz? The Fonz the Fonz is a guy who always has a lady or a different lady over his house. Now he's got a little dog. The little dog gets loose, and what happens? They find a black guy walking with this little white dog that belongs to this other white guy. And you can you can you can metaphor that all you want. I'm going to stop right there because I think that's overdoing it. But they do make a point. I mean, he says, um, Wilbur says, you know, there are more white people in this room than there are in my entire school. And, uh, and, 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 it's, you know, Fonz, Fonz and Richard are not in any way, you know, racist or, or, or gross or anything like that. They just want to figure out what's going on. And eventually Ralph and Potsy admit that Spunky wasn't stolen. They get, well, they don't get locked, but they're told to stay in the girls' room. And, um, yeah. So so that that was my, my one worry with the episode was that when Wilbur comes in and he's an African American kid, I was like, Oh, where's this gonna go? And luckily the scene is played it's written pretty well and it's played pretty pretty well. You know, he's just a kid who's got his guard up, why wouldn't he? And eventually he sees that these are two good guys, although one of them is maybe a little weird. And I'm kind of talking the Fonz right there. Um, but in the end, everyone's, everyone's okay, and, and Spunky's all right, and Spunky learns a trick. Um, uh, when he hears a kiss um, in the apartment, he, he he leaps up and he turns off the light. And uh, and it's great because, I mean, the episode ends with the Fonz like, doing a thing, that thing where he puts his foot on his, like, his calf, so there's like um, a space, you know, like a space first, and Spunky leaps through it, and the episode ends like that. It's really it's really, really quite a fun episode, and it was nice to see Spunky in this. I was worried, oh, the Fonz gets a dog, that this episode might stink or might not, um, might, might be like the last episode, sort of, eh, but no. This one, this one, I think carries itself well, and so now we have. There are only oh, can you believe it? There are only two episodes left in the season. Well, what are they, you ask? Well, I'll tell you once I can get the menu up. Last of the big time mouse and Fonzie's baptism, and then we wrap up season four. Thanks everyone for joining me on this. And yes, if you if you're listening to these as they're coming out, yeah, I've I've been kind of releasing these last few episodes rather quickly. That's just me, baby. That's just me. Talk to you next time. Be safe, be good to yourselves, and listen to this. (laughs) 